Even the seemingly safe paths we've chosen and prepared ourselves for are leading us over a cliff or slamming us into an abrupt dead end. Over and over again, we're having to turn on a dime, retreat, regroup, and head in some new direction. And as we realize that we can't hold on to what has been, that there are no more safe branches, but plenty of log jams to get tangled up in, some of us are beginning to ask, why not take the more unconventional paths we'd really like to take anyway? Could they be any less treacherous or risky if we were following the currents of our hearts instead of trying to hold on to the sides of our life? Could we go with the flow without going under? Without the right tools, the answer is no. But with the right tools, the answer is yes. And that's what this audiobook is about. It provides tools vital for making whatever changes you're wanting or needing to make, be they dramatic alterations or mere course corrections all while keeping your head above water so you can see where you're headed and steer in a desired direction. No one would go White River rafting without the proper gear and other resources. Change, too, requires that we stock up on the proper travel gear. We need a map of the territory. We need a compass to tell us where we're headed. We need perspective to assess where we are and a strategy for getting where we want to go. We need traveling companions we can turn to along the way. And finally, we need adequate fuel to get there. These are the tools you'll find in this audio. We have identified six distinct stages in the process of changing directions, and recognizing them enables you to always know where you are, what you need to do, and where you're headed next. The first stage involves realizing that you can't change until you accept that you must change and decide to take charge of changing your life. The second stage involves letting go of what has been so you can free up the time and energy to create a new future. The third stage is about one of the key tools you need to change, finding a deep inner sense or conviction about who you are, regardless of external circumstances. The fourth stage of change requires that you focus in a specific new direction and make a commitment to a course of action. While each stage has its own challenges, we've found that many people have more difficulty getting through this stage than any other. The fifth stage is about developing a plan for how you coordinate and draw upon all your available resources to make the changes you desire. It deals with the tough issues like finding the money, making the time, and having the energy to implement the changes you're seeking to make. The last stage is about actually making the change you want to make. This is the sixth stage. It involves handling whatever challenges arise and juggling life as it has been while you create your new life. In trying to change directions, it's easy to get lost in the options. You may see the future as a barren desert with no appealing choices, or as a tropical jungle with far too many options from which to choose. Not knowing what direction to go, we may hop on the bandwagon of whatever's hot at the moment, only to end up having to change directions again when what's hot cools or doesn't work out for us. Therefore, one of the most important tools for changing directions without losing your way is a clear sense of who you are as a person. When you know who you are, you can never really be lost. The knowledge of your true self can always be an inner compass, directing you toward the most desirable path in your life. Your inner compass can point you in the right direction and let you know when you're off course. Without it, you're forever susceptible to confusion, fear, and self-doubt, 
but with it as your guide, you can find an unshakable sense of confidence and courage. Changing directions without losing your way began as a retreat called Getaway for a Change that we developed for professionals and small business owners and offer in our home in the Los Padres National Forest of California. Physically removed from all the reminders of their past and present, participants in these retreats are able to see their desired future with a new clarity and creativity. Therefore, we recommend that you treat this audio itself as a retreat. Set aside as much time away from your normal routine as you possibly can to listen to and reflect on what you hear. Ideally, you might take a week or more to get away to a quiet, natural setting where you can relax, renew your energy, and reach into the depths of your creativity. Of course, if you're on the floor laughing at that suggestion, we understand. Not everyone can get away for a long period of time. So do what you can to set aside brief weekend, day-long, morning, afternoon, or evening retreats in some quiet, nearby, relaxing place. In many cases, you may want and need to get away repeatedly for whatever period of time you can over several months as you work your way through each of the stages of taking your life in a new direction. Those who attend our Getaway for a Change workshops tell us that one of the most valuable tools for making changes in their lives has been sharing their experiences and reflections with others in the workshops and the ongoing group teleconferences that follow. Therefore, this audio is set up much like one of our workshops in that you will be meeting specific people who, like yourself, are in the process of changing directions. While their names and circumstances have been changed to protect their privacy, these are real individuals or occasionally composites of individuals who have agreed to share their experience with you as you go through the same process that they have gone through. Stage 1. Facing a new reality and recognizing it's time to move on. Sometimes it's like a rear-end collision, sudden and completely unexpected. Mark, for example, had been looking forward to lunch with his division head. He was flying in from Chicago for the meeting. The lunch began on a pleasant note. In the back of his mind, Mark was half expecting that a promotion was in the offing. His last performance evaluation had been excellent, and over the past year, several of his ideas had been successfully implemented throughout the region. Midway through the entree, however, the conversation took on a somber note, and Mark felt a sudden twinge of fear grip his chest. He shook it off. Don't be silly, he reassured himself silently as he tried to focus on his superior's increasingly grave remarks about the future of the company. Relax. You've been with this company for over ten years. Your future is secure here. Then in less time than it took for Mark to lift the next bite of his lemon pepper chicken to his mouth, he got the message. The company was downsizing. The branch office would be closing January 1. Mark would be let go as of the close of business that day. Other times it's more like running out of gas, gradual and accompanied with ample warning signs we may or may not heed. Clarissa, for example, had been worried about the decline in her referral business for several months. She kept telling herself that all businesses go through seasonal slumps. But by the end of the year, she realized the market for her business had just dried up. People didn't need what she was offering any longer. She was going to have to do something else for a living. Often, as with Mark and Clarissa, the realization that we must change directions is not of our own choosing, but equally as often these days it is. 
Vicki, for example, had worked as an editor for a national newspaper for 22 years. But while she loved writing, over the years her job had changed. Getting out of bed on Monday mornings was increasingly difficult for her. Her mind kept wandering to other kinds of articles she'd like to be writing. But she kept reminding herself she had a job thousands of starving writers could only dream of. It provided money, prestige, security, and the opportunity to not only earn a living doing what she loved, but to have tens of thousands of people read her work every day. What more could she want? One morning, however, by the time she pulled into her assigned parking space for work, Vicky realized she was furious. She could no longer ignore or deny it. She had to make a change. When it's time for a change, the sooner we get the message, the better. The longer it takes us to realize that a change is coming, the more of a sudden, jolting, wrenching event it will be. But if we see what's coming well before it's upon us, we can avoid the sharp turns and take change on the curves. Take Annette, for example. When we first interviewed her, she was writing a subscription newsletter for businesses, featuring upcoming events in her community. But the newsletter was barely breaking even. Annette got the message immediately. This business idea was a good one, but it wasn't working. The information she was providing, although valuable, wasn't sufficiently profitable to her subscribers to entice them to pay subscription fees that would cover her rising costs of printing and mailing the newsletter. Quick to respond, Annette was about to close her business when she had a hunch. More businesses were using fax machines. What if she provided her newsletter via fax instead of in print? This would eliminate her printing costs and dramatically reduce her mailing costs. She tested this concept, and it was a winner. Not only did the number of subscriptions jump, but because the information was more timely, she was also able to raise subscription prices. Suddenly, her venture was not only breaking even, but providing an excellent income. People in other communities were impressed with Annette's results and soon were asking how they might start such a service. Again, quick to pick up on what was happening, she decided to package her business as a franchise. That aspect of her business was going equally well when she got another hunch. The Internet would soon make this service all the easier to provide. But in surveying the situation, she realized that on the Internet, services like hers might be offered for free. Whoops! She realized that if she didn't act quickly, she would be faced with having to make a really sharp turn, and her business was moving too fast to make an about-face. A much larger company, however, with the capital to launch a large national advertising-supported site, might find acquiring her company an asset to getting their own site off the ground quickly. Sure enough, within no time, Annette was able to sell her business for enough money to give her ample time to decide what she wanted to do next with her life. Most people hearing about Annette's success story say, boy, was she lucky. She got out just in time. We don't think it was luck. It was Annette's ability to read the signs of change, heed their messages, and believe that they were important enough to take immediate action on. To avoid sharp turns and meet change on the curves, we need to wake up to what's going on around us, we have to stay open to what's happening and how we feel about ourselves and our lives. Read the signs. They're there. Let's face it. Most of us would prefer peace and safety to risk and tumult. Even if we don't like our lives the way they are, at least they're familiar. But change changes all that. Change upsets the apple cart, even when it's changed for the better.
Change shakes up our routines and tests the limits of our beliefs. Past problems we've carefully tucked away in the deep storage of our minds may come tumbling out in the midst of change. So sometimes it seems easier to look the other way and overlook signals that would alert us to what's coming around the corner. But if we feel safe enough to look at the evidence of change, we can stand on the hillside of our lives, survey the vistas around us, and see what's really happening out there. With confidence, we can foresee and contemplate threats to our security and well-being. Of course, it's not enough to simply see the signs. We also have to get the message. We have to accept what's happening or that how we're changing does matter. We need to grasp the significance of the signs we're noticing and take them seriously. Mike was elected county commissioner in a major metropolitan area. His schedule was jam-packed from pre-dawn to well past midnight. Busy as he was, he nonetheless had noticed that he was popping an awful lot of anti-acid tablets lately. He'd had heartburn and indigestion for some time, but it was getting really bad. He was feeling stressed. There were too many things going on in his life. New demands on the job, dissatisfied constituents, political enemies taking pot shots at him. Now his five-year-old son was in the hospital. The doctors weren't sure what was wrong. Mike couldn't make it to the hospital during the day, so there he was with the boy late into the night, often sleeping overnight in the chair by his bedside. When the plumbing broke in his home that same week, he uncharacteristically started shouting, Don't tell me I've got to deal with this too, he railed. Later that evening, he talked with his wife. His conclusion? I'm just not myself lately, but I can handle it. We'll get through this. That's how Mike ended up in the hospital with a bleeding ulcer. He saw the signs, but he didn't heed their message until his resistance to the changes taking place in his life sent him to the hospital. While laying in his sickbed, he had ample time to reevaluate his life situation. He realized his increasing stress was the result of several factors. First, the political climate had changed dramatically since he was first elected seven years ago, and he was losing his passion for politics. Second, he was a father now. Family was important to him, but between campaigning and fundraising and carrying out his role as a commissioner, he had little time for any personal life. He and his wife wanted to have another child, and now his son was ill and there was no cure at hand. The heartburn, the stomach aches, the packets of antiacids, the sense of feeling overwhelmed, the long hours, the late nights, the sick boy, the changing political realities, they were all signals. As much as Mike wanted to say that they didn't matter and that he could take